Hello, my name is Naranjan, the host of Master of Your Crafts podcast. Learning from leaders who are continuously inspired, passionate, and driven to align with their soul purpose, sharing their gifts to bring healing to others. The music is composed by Rebecca Everett. Today is episode number 81, and I'll be talking to Barry Cart, who considers himself as an unlikely realtor, quiet, introverted, and salesy. Not your prototypical formula for success. Yet, Barry has been a top-selling realtor for 36 years, selling as many as 100 homes per year. He has come to realize being an introvert in real estate gives him many advantages, over his more extroverted colleagues. He has created a podcast called The Real Estate Unsalesperson to encourage and inspire his fellow introverted realtors and has just launched an unsalesperson community. His mission is to teach introverts that they have what it takes to succeed in real estate. Hello and welcome to Barry. How are you, Barry? Hi, Naranjan. I'm great. And I'm so happy to be here with you on your podcast. I'm happy to have you because I'm really intrigued to learn more about you choosing the industry that you're in and how you came about it. I mean, being an introvert and being in real estate sales, how how does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. You're probably wondering, why did an introvert choose to go into real estate? That wouldn't be where you think I'd be. And I tell you what, it, it was kind of a accidental choice. It wasn't like I set out or ever planned to be a realtor when I was growing up. Um, I was always very good. I was a good student. Not that realtors aren't good students, but I was a good student. And um, I was good at numbers. I'm very detail oriented. I'm good at math. Um, So um, I went to college at University of Texas at Austin. And I did real well at school. Um, I probably could have done most anything I wanted to do, to be honest with you, uh, because I had good grades. But at the time when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I was so directionless with life. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'm always jealous of the people that really from an early age know exactly what they want and uh, know where they're going. But I wasn't one of those people. I was directionless. Nothing really grabbed me. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, My parents were in real estate. They had a real estate company and they seemed to be doing quite well. And so without anything else really grabbing me at the time, I decided, well, they're doing good in real estate. I'll just follow them and I'll go into real estate too. I don't know what else to do. So I ended up there by accident. It wasn't any grand plan. But that's how I ended up there. And 37 years later, I'm still here. And that's the grand plan. (laughs) The grand plan is how to navigate through that, especially being an introvert as you are. Yes, yes. So when I got in the business, there were a lot of 
trainers, sales trainers, people that would teach people how to successfully sell real estate. Mm -hmm. And I remember a lot of them, they always had, they, they always were teaching this dialogue, things to memorize. When you're, when a buyer says this, here's how you respond, or here's what you mm -hmm. need to say to get them to buy a house from you. And if they object, say this, and that doesn't work, say this, and so forth. And all of it sounded so phony to me and so unnatural. They were like words that would never come out of my mouth. And I just couldn't do it. I just, I decided early on, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be a regular guy. I'm not going to put on this salesperson persona. I'm just going to try to be helpful and um, help my clients achieve what they want. But I'm not going to be pushy, not going to be aggressive. I'm just going to be me. And that's what I did. And it worked. Strangely enough, it actually really, really worked. Um, it worked because people felt comfortable being around me. I think it was like a breath of fresh air. When you go in, a lot of times when you go in to talk to a salesperson, you're worried about them being aggressive, right? Most people don't like that they have a negative stereotype of a salesperson. They're worried about someone being aggressive, pushy, and they're a little bit nervous maybe about meeting someone like that. So they come to meet me and I'm totally different. And so the people relax and they realize, hey, he's not trying to force me to buy something fast or he's not trying to talk me in anything. He's just trying to help me. And he's a little more laid back, a little more easygoing. And it kind of worked. People just relaxed around me. They, we, they open up, they tell me what they're feeling, what they like, what they don't like. And I just worked for them and tried to help them. And it, um, it, it worked quite well. What a beautiful synergy for you to really step into somewhat familiar territory because of your parents did it as well. So you, it wasn't a new career, so to speak. You're familiar with the showings and negotiations and all the bits in between from their experiences but going through it I grant it is a little bit different but a nice synergetic um, relationship between you and the industry yes it was a going into the parents business I was a help um, because they took me under their wings to some extent yeah. and you know gave, gave me a, a good uh, a good start but on the flip side, my father, who was the head of the company, and I were, were very different people. Mm -hmm. He was very aggressive, domineering. People were scared of him. Mm -hmm. uh, people would go into his office to talk to him sometimes, and they would literally come out shaking and crying even sometimes. Yeah. He, he was intimidating, very intimidating person. I am not. I am, as I mentioned before, kind of easygoing, laid back. So... I had to, even though he gave me a lot of guidance and he gave me a lot of help, I don't want to say he didn't, but I kind of had to learn to do things my own way still, because what worked for him didn't work for me and, and vice versa. The way I do things wouldn't work for him. I remember I had one client one time I was showing houses to, and I, I was out with him a number of times and he hadn't bought a house yet. And basically my father, he said, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, tell him to, he needs to buy today or get lost. I mean, something to that extent. Mm -hmm. And uh, being early in my career, when this happened very early in my career, I 
said something along those lines to this person. And that was the end of our working relationship. He was gone and we never worked again, but that was the last time I ever did that. Um, so, you know, I, I learned early on that doesn't work for me and that didn't feel right. But that's how we learn sometimes. That's right. That's right. We've got to, we've got to try and emphasize all kinds of behaviors and habits and even industries, right? Yes. Yep. We got to find our own, uh, our own, ourself and what works for us. Absolutely. What do you think are some of the attributes that connect you with, I want to say relationship building? in how you look at sales as being an introvert. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head there. It really is relationship building. And um, back to the introvert topic that you mentioned at the beginning, I'm not real good at uh, networking. If you put me in a room with a bunch of people um, at a party or just a, a event or a conference, I'm not going to be real good at going mm -hmm. up and meeting strangers and introducing myself. Um, I always, I, I always say that people would, they would think I was the, not only would they not think I was a realtor, if they, you met me in a, a conference somewhere, you wouldn't, you might not even know I was in the room because right. I mean, yeah. but back to the relationship topic. Now um, introverts tend to be very good one-on-one -on -one relationships. Yes. Now, if you and I meet, one-on-one -on -one, and you come to me and say, I want to buy a house, then I'd like to think I'm fairly good at connecting and mm -hmm. learning about you and what you want, your desires and making you relax and working for you. So it is all about building that in real estate, it's that one-on-one -on -one relationship. It's not networking, meeting a hundred people at once. It's just that one person in front of you. So that's what really works. And I, I think people just relax and tend to trust me. And again, being on the quieter side is kind of a plus because when you come to buy or sell a house, it's all about you. It's not about me. And so I do a lot of listening. I let you tell your story and tell me what you want and what you're looking for and what your hopes are and dreams. And people love talking about themselves too. So it kind of makes you feel good telling me all about yourself and I'm listening to you. And so generally you people tend to feel a connection that way. Absolutely. It's really important to, to really listen, especially in a service industry like real estate or in coaching, which is what I do. It's key to have those skills and really sharpen them. Is there any other attributes that you think you have learned or skills that you've learned that maybe you would like to have known when you first started some 30 odd years ago? Oh, there's so much. I wish I had known back then. <laughs> Where do I start? Um, I could have been so much better and been so much better. Of course, if I knew then what I know now, um, where can I start? Um, let me think of some of the mistakes I've made and things I've learned from them. Um, I just stupid stuff I've done. Um, one time, I was talking, a, a lady called me, and this is, a, I'm giving you all my embarrassing situations. A lady <laughs> called me on the phone and she wanted to sell her house. So I was all excited. Yeah, you know, that's, the, that's the name of the game in real estate. I wanted to go mm -hmm. meet her. But I wanted to make sure, my, when I'm talking to her on the phone, I wanted to make sure that all the, um, it's important 
for all the owners, if there's any co-owners to be present at the same time, like if I'm doing, if I'm going to go sure. over to her house to make, do a presentation, I want to make sure that she's not only is she going to be there, but if anyone else is, uh, has ownership interest in the home, they're going to be there too. But I phrased it very stupidly. I, I remember to this day, this happened like probably close to 30 years ago and I'm still embarrassed. So I talked to the lady and I asked her on the phone, do you have a husband? And I didn't mean it to be, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant if you have a husband, I want to make sure he's present too. So we can all talk, but she was offended by that question. And, um, and she said, you know what? I'm afraid of what questions, what are the questions you might ask me? Uh, Let's just cancel the meeting. And so boom, that was the end of that. And so I learned to be more tactful mm-hmm. about how to answer, ask questions. Sometimes we have to deal with um, touchy situations. Yeah. Uh, in my business, people could have a divorce, a bankruptcy, all kinds of things going on in their lives. I've learned that you have to be very tactful on how you approach situations. And even though you might have a good intention on a reason why you asked that question, right you have to be careful how you say it. So that's one thing um, I've asked, I learned. Um, something else, this is, this is actually, was not a problem for me, but I've heard other people say it, is when there are two owners, even if one owner is the more dominant person, sometimes one tends to do most of the talking, yes. Yes. do not ignore the other person. So like, even if you, I don't know if you coach, uh, yes groups or couples or partners or whatever, you have to focus on both, even if one does all the talking, because you don't want the other one to be left out. And sometimes that one that doesn't talk is really the one with the power behind the scenes, but you don't know it. They might, they might say behind the scenes, you're not around. I don't like that person. You know, I don't like how he ignored me. So those are a couple of things I learned about how to treat people along the way. And it's so interesting because as you share those examples, I also recall it being similar to just life experiences. So for instance, as a small group of three or four people going out to dinner, Mm -hmm. the server will typically interact more with the extroverted person. Yeah. And disregard slightly the other ones who are a little bit more quiet right and i've i've seen that play out time and time again obviously it depends on the experience of the waiter and so forth but it's interesting to observe that so the insight and your wisdom that you share is indicative of all aspects of life essentially you're right you're you're very true about broadening that perspective to just life in general so Whatever you do, try to get everybody engaged who's in front of you. Don't ignore the ones who are quieter because they could have as big or bigger input in the ultimate outcome of the situation than the more extroverted ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. So fast forward in 30 odd years, do you believe that real estate sales and how to navigate all of that, especially being an introvert? Is a calling of some sort for you? It is a calling. I've enjoyed the career. <laughs> yes, I've, I wouldn't have done it this long I, if I didn't enjoy it. Um, 
were I to start over again, knowing then what I know now, I don't know. I don't know if I would have gone into it or if I would have gone into um, engineering, architecture. Actually, I've gr grown to have a love of financial planning and finance, which I didn't back then. So I might have done one of those things. But that being said, I'm glad I had a real estate career. I never would have, it's not something I ever would have chosen, but it has been great because I love the freedom it brings you. you you're not in a nine to five in an office or a corporate environment where you, someone else tells you what to do. You have total freedom, total creativity. Um, it, it's brought about a nice life for me. So um, I, I've enjoyed it. You know, again, whether I would have gone down this path from the beginning uh, with my my current state of mind back then, I don't know. But mm -hmm. so is it a calling? I don't know. I mean, it, there's times I've absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. And it's been actually, I, I don't want, most of the time I've loved it. I don't okay. want to give you the wrong impression. Most of the time I've loved it. I guess with any career, it goes like that. And there's other times where, you know, you're like, why am I doing this? It's so, yeah. so many problems, so difficult and challenging, but I guess it goes, that goes for no matter what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's, even if I can loosely say good days and bad days in any situation in every career or aspect of life, you know? Yeah. I guess not every day is all roses for anything. That's right. But if we didn't have the, the not so good days, we won't be able to identify the good days. You're absolutely right. And I tell you what, as I got older, my perspective has changed a lot. And I've learned to appreciate every day because yes. every day is a blessing just to be alive and to have the opportunity to make an impact every day is great. So important. Absolutely. So important. What do you believe about yourself now? And do you feel it defines who you are as Barry walking through the world today? You asked the tough questions. <laughs> yes. uh, um, does the real estate career, does the, uh, does real estate define me? Well, it does to some extent. After you've done something for 37 years and it occupies most of your waking hours, it has to define you to some extent. Um, I don't, I don't, I have a lot of interest outside of real estate, so I don't think it defines me totally. Um, mm -hmm. My father, for example, was one track. He, he lived, breathed, slept real estate. He didn't do anything else. He had no hobbies, no friends outside of the real estate career. He was just 100% real estate. I've, I've never been that way. Um, right. I do have other interests. So yes, it has a big impact. Does it define me? Not entirely. I have a lot of other interests. Um, trying to get back to your question now. Um, what, what do you believe about yourself? What do I believe about myself? I believe that um, I've learned to be a helpful person. I've learned to put other people's interests first. Um, and as I just mentioned a sec ago, I've really learned to enjoy every day of life, not take it for granted as I get, as I get older, when you're young in your twenties, you know, it seems like you're going to be around forever, but, mm -hmm. um, not that I, I mean, I, I still hope I am. I mean, I'm still mm -hmm. healthy as far as I know right now, but mm -hmm. you still, uh, you, you learn to appreciate life and everybody. And I think I've learned not that I was never, I've always been a tolerant person, but I think I'm even more so now. Um, I realize that everybody is different. Everybody has different 
backgrounds, upbringings, different challenges, maybe challenges that aren't uh, um, uh, aware to the public. But so if someone is having a bad day or snaps at me for something, I don't take it personally because I don't know, I don't know what's going on in your life and you know, what's causing you to feel that way. And it may have nothing to do with me whatsoever. It may mm-hmm. be something else going on. So um, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I always find it interesting how a career of some 30 odd years can leave an impression on the definition of an individual of how we walk and move through the world, whether we're in that career still or not, or even a short period of time, five years, 10 years in a career, because I think possibly it's less heard of, of somebody being in a career for 30 years. I think the turnover is much more, much more rapid now, but it still leaves a mark on an individual. It still leaves a mark on, who you become. It sure does. And I don't know where the time went. 37 years. It seems like I just started, you know, when I started in the business, I was one of the youngest people um, out there. And I still kind of think of myself when I, uh, as the, the kid, the, the young guy, but people don't look at me that way anymore. Yeah. Um, some people give me a hard time about being an old guy. And I'm like, <laughs> who are you talking about? You're not talking about me, are you? But uh, so it's, it's, it's been a different perspective. Yeah. And it's a tough one, right? Because we just go one day at a time and they all kind of blend together. But somehow you've gained all this knowledge and wisdom and experience, but it doesn't feel any different than the first day that you went out to buy or sell a house. It doesn't. The years go by real fast. Just you wait, Naranjan. Just you wait. Before you know it, you know, you'd be looking back like, where did 30 years go? How did I get here? Yeah, no, no, trust me. Trust me, Barry. I'm still in that space going, what happened 20 uh-huh. years ago? Like, really? Where did it go? I know. Um, so, yes, I, I'm in that space already. The days merge together and they go by so fast. So, I'm in the same space of being grateful for every single moment and conversation mm-hmm. that I have. 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how you got here is through the influence of potentially your parents or maybe even, I want to say, lack of direction and lack of desire of really pursuing another area. But in the same token, where do you want to be? Where, what's next for you? Well, um, a couple of things are on my mind. Um, I have, st- as of uh, as of the 2020, when the pandemic hit, I took a step back in my real estate career. We had a little downtime, of course, when the, when things first hit, when we weren't yes. going out and meeting with people so much. That's and right. I chased around like a madman for 30 plus years, seven days a week in real estate. And I had a little downtime. I was thinking, you know what? I don't know if I really want to start up again, chasing around like I did before. Mm. I really don't need to. I was looking over everything like I'm in a position. I really don't need to do that anymore. So um, I kind of toned it down. I don't do too much uh, of that anymore. I, but I wanted to stay engaged in real estate. So I did start podcasting 
to um, try to encourage people who, particularly introverts, who may not be, maybe question themselves, am I cut out for real estate? Can I do this? Um, do I have what it takes? So I tried to make an encouraging podcast, let people know that, hey, you know, I've done this, I've lasted, and you can too, if I can do it, I don't have any special skills. So I started doing that. So I'm looking at um, maybe going into coaching like yourself, mm-hmm. um, maybe creating a community where I can help people. That's on the business side. Um, on the outside of real estate side, one of my big, big passions is I just have always absolutely loved dogs. And so um, I um, I've had dogs. I love dogs. Um, I want to make an impact with some animal rescue groups. Um, I've done some volunteering. I've done some donations. I want to move more in that direction. And um, that's as, as my real estate will wind down, I want to uh, leave a legacy uh, somehow in uh, animal rescue. So I'm looking at moving in that direction also. That is such an interesting diversion. Yeah, I told you I have interests outside of real estate. <laughs> yes, I thought you was going to say something related to the architecture. Or you didn't see dogs. You didn't something. see dogs coming, did you? I, I didn't see that one coming. That came left field for sure. Yeah. But how beautiful! How beautiful! What was it that sparked that interest and that um, desire to really make a change in that sphere of community? I when I was a kid, I asked my parents if we could get a dog, and they they said no, and. I mean, I was okay with it. I wasn't like I was diehard. I had to have a dog. I wasn't crying. But then all of a sudden, one day when I was 13 years old, um, my father brought home a dog out of, out of nowhere. I mean, actually, he got it because it turns out, I think um, his boss's this is before he was in real estate, his boss's brother had puppies and he gave him one. So he brought a dog home and I just fell in love with the dog and always loved oh the dog. And I've always had them since then and just absolutely love them. So that's where, that's where that came from, I guess. It's beautiful. Yeah. Emphasizing that nurturing quality and I guess leaning into that introvert aspect of, of your personality, right? Yeah. They're great companions. They don't, uh, they don't ask anything out of you and you don't have to talk too much to them and they're very happy. So (laughs) yeah. That's right. But I'm also curious to learn a little bit more about this community that you want to create for supporting introverts, especially in the space of real estate and having that be an option for them to lean into um, for support. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been in some real estate, a social, um, media groups like Facebook and even clubhouse one time. And there's, there's some introvert groups in there for introverts in real estate. And a lot of the talk is so much like, woe was me. I was, I was only different. If I was only more talkative, life would be great. It was just so much people down on themselves. Not, not all of it, but a lot of it is so much like that. And it just drove me crazy. I'm like, you don't have to be down on yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, being an introvert isn't 
good or bad. It's just a personality trait, like being an extrovert. Extroverts have some very good um, advantages, but there's also disadvantages too. Each personality type has pros and cons. And um, you can be very successful. And I've come to find throughout my real estate journey that surprisingly, uh, the majority of the top realtors are introverts. It's not what you might expect, but it is true. The people that are really outgoing and flashy and big talkers who you think would be great often are not. They're not as good as the game they talk. And the quieter ones who you might not suspect, more often than not, are the really top uh, sellers. So that's where this uh, whole thing came out of. Yeah. And it's so interesting you say that because in the training world or in any space, speaker world, whatever it looks like, when individuals go in for a short period of time and this is what we've got to deliver, this is what we've got to do, I'm going to say they play a magnificent game of playing an extrovert Mm -hmm. just for that period of time. All their time and energy and effort goes in just for that time. Yeah. And then they exit. But when they exit, they're done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you when you have an appointment, you do have to, you have to be true to yourself, but you do have to also come across as a realtor who, or whatever your profession is that they the clients want to work with. You mm-hmm. can't just sit there so quiet and not say anything, then they're going to not want to work with you. So I always, when I, when I pull up to an appointment, when I park my car, when I get ready to open the door, I always tell myself, okay, it's showtime. And then I, I go to their house. I do the show as the, uh, the realtor side of my personality. And, um, then, uh, when it's over, then you have time to, uh, wind down and, um, recharge. But so many people are that way, even a lot of performers. I read about so many performers who you wouldn't suspect um, they look extroverted, but they're introverts. Like I heard Elton John is an introvert. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes across as super outgoing, flashy, crazy, yeah. but he's yeah. really a, on his own. He's a, he's a quiet introvert. And so many performers yeah. are. They just yeah. put on this persona when they're on the stage. That's right. That's right. Introverts make the exceptional extroverts on a stage. Yeah. Yeah, they do. This is beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Barry, for sharing your story of how you got into real estate, but also some of the key tips and things that one can adjust for themselves in being who they truly and authentically are and embracing a career that maybe is stereotyped as you can't do this if you don't fit this model because you've had great success at it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Naranjan. So yeah, I just want people to know that don't, uh, don't let your, don't hold yourself back. Sometimes people's the, the negative voice in their head is their own worst enemy. Don't let anyone, including yourself, tell you, you can't do it because you, you can. Absolutely. There's always a possibility and there's always a way, but finding the right people to guide you on that path, that can often be the difficult part. So for all the introverts out there listening, you might want to check out Barry's website and podcast to learn some 
tricks and tools how to navigate life. The details will be in the show notes, but thank you so much, Barry. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm Naranjan, and you've been listening to Master of Your Crafts podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and join me next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.